Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? You. Yeah, you. You. What are you doing? Hello? What are you doing? Huh? What are you doing? Fuck it. You're on the brain. Love it. And I will quote the female. I want to say her name. I don't remember what she wanted me to use as a uh, stage name uh, or what have you. Um, However, uh, during that audio recording, she was literally loving herself, like masturbating, fingering her fucking cunt and just fucking... Just fucking just just doing what she's doing right here. I mean, that's what she was doing. And then, you know, I just threw it in my my tumbler, my word tumbler, baby, and just kind of jacked it up, kind of tweaked it out. Blah, blah, blah. Fuck me. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
remember the the poem, but one of my poems are in the the high school that I went to. Uh, background like they had like a yearly advanced literature class where only a certain amount of people were allowed to put a poem into the into the book and I was able to put one of them it was a short but sweet one I don't remember exactly I think it might have been a Depeche Mode inspired um I was really into Martin Gore's lyrics I was just fascinated by his words I was just like damn David Gunn just you know he got to sing in love you know what I mean David Gunn rocks with that voice like he's I from I think 2000 or 2004 or even 2008 he was known David Gunn we're talking about David Gunn the lead singer of Depeche Mode he's not even the lead the vocalist I mean not the vocalist uh, he's not even the the lyric writer of Depeche Mode Uh, he did a little bit but I don't think he did any really I think he did maybe one or two for the band but uh, Martin you know he wrote all the lyrics pretty much 99% of the band's lyrics. I don't know about the nowadays stuff. I don't know how they're working on it now since David Gunn's doing like solo projects of his own, but he's not doing cover tune solo projects. So I think he still has that fair game where, hey, I didn't sign up on contract to write lyrics for the band, so I could write lyrics for my own band, aside from this band. So he does. So it's kind of cool. But uh, yeah. Meanwhile, I, th- I think we're supposed to be playing music, right? Instead of me lapping for 12 minutes and 50 seconds. Jeez, I was lapping. Lapping you. You're sitting on my lap and I was just holding you, sucking your titties, telling you a story. Fuck. That's kind of cool. All right. So, um. Ding, 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 ding. Listen to something really wild, man. Real wild. Uh, oh my god, let's go way back. Let's do it. Boom. First, we're gonna play the title uh, Ricochet in Reverse. And then we're going to go right to In the Cannabis Club. No, we're not going to hit the In the Cannabis Club. We're going to hit... The, uh, we're going to go from the Ricker... Since it's like 10 o'clock right now, a little after 10. Uh, we're going to go ahead and hit it spanky-like. So we're going to hit Spank Bank. We're going to hit Ricochet in reverse. We're going to hit spat, Spank Bank. And then we're going to go to Worst Fuck Ever. No, 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 no. Ricochet... We're going to hit ricochet and reverse, and then we're going to go to worst fuck ever, and then we're going to go straight down to spank bank. Because, you know, if you got the worst fuck ever, you might as well go home and spank it, right? You're on the brain, bitches. Love it.
shade you could hear coming in reverse. Rewind counterclockwise to April 20th, 1999, 12.05 p.m. A shotgun jumps into the hand of Eric Harris. His skull flies back together like a jigsaw puzzle made of splattered blood and shards of bone. His brain swallows up the hole. His eyes unclench. Buckshot sucks back into the barrels. His finger peels off the trigger. He centers his sawed off between his knees. Debates whether to use his SWAT team for target practice or cheat the city out of revenge. Eric counts his classmates lying in shattered heaps. His only regret is the explosives that sit mute under a cafeteria table. Sirens ring from the outside, fading into the distance. Dylan rises from the dead as his jaw reattaches to his head. Eric's 9mm inhales a blast of smoke. Dylan fixes his stare on a girl who used to sit behind an algebra class. Her bloodshot eyes reflect back without blinking. Eric uncocks the pistol and his words flip back to say, Helen, you see. Eric hands Dylan a pistol with two bullets left in the clip. He slides the gun into the holster. They stand in the wreckage it took two years to plan and 41 minutes to execute. It's 11.34 a.m. A 9mm slug rips out of the wall and flies into the heart of the last student, inflating his lungs as it passes. Eric and Dylan's cackling laughter rushes down their throats as students rise up, hands covering their faces. 911 calls a bird to dial Shattered glass reforms, fire alarms silence themselves. Smoke clears the air as crippled cheerleaders stand up and return to walking to their next class. The religious become atheists as prayers to God fall back to earth. It's 11.18 a.m. and no one is dead yet. Fast forward to April 20th, 1999, I was just another waiter hiding scars under his sleeves. I was holding a tray, watching the freeze frame of somebody else's school in a SWAT team sniper's sights. The battered boy in me, now past every beating, was pumping his fist. I was a temp job nobody, taking orders from the grown-up versions of the guys who used to slam my head into lockers. When I heard the storm of shell casings raining on a Formica desk, I thought somebody stole a script of my fantasy life and made a movie without me on the set. That night I bought a bottle and made a game out of taking a shot every time they said gothic or clad all in black. I imagined every one of my bullies staring down the business end of a rifle. I staggered drunk through my apartment, slurred over my daughter's crib. They did it. Somebody finally did it. As if their victory made up for my years of defeat. Until her mother hissed at me through the dark. How would you have felt if your daughter was at school that day? All I could say is I wish the killers would save one bullet for me. If someone in my high school would have died every time I had a homicidal impulse, the graduating class would have been me and the kids in ESL. Back in the day, I carried a box cutter under my belt like a security blanket. Back in the day of razor blades and meat cleavers, when my teachers ignored every SOS I carved on my chest. I wasn't old enough to understand that your agony doesn't make you original, and that living is the best form of revenge. But in the end, that's what it all comes down to, using homemade napalm to blow your own life out of proportion. I know what it's like to want to die so bad your hands shake. To go to high school rallies and imagine whole rows of faces blown away like one big red wave. I know what it's like to want your cafeteria to be held in a cloud of gunpowder. To be a 12-gauge David spitting buckshot at Goliath. You can only be fed gasoline for so long before you decide to burn your name in their heads. 
But what these child killers who kill children fail to realize is that the world is so much bigger than your little hellhole of a suburb. A week before Dylan Klebold's massacre, his father drove him to Arizona State University, where he was scheduled to begin in the fall pursuing a degree in computer science. The Thursday before, a shotgun cleaved his skull in two. Eric Harris was refused by a Marine recruiter because he was taking psychiatric medication for obsessive compulsive disorder. Five days later, they were both dead. I imagine Eric and Dylan as 20-somethings, meeting for drinks in a small-town bar, Eric all puffed up from boot camp, Dylan showing off his new website, weddings and children on the way. I imagine him lifting up a pint and laughing at their hit list in high school and how close they came. And here I am, on a frozen spring day, watching two teenagers burn their names in a newsprint. They'll, They'll never, never be, be anything, anything else. else. It's 11.15 a.m. Two 20-pound propane bombs sit silent under a cafeteria table as students put their sandwiches back in lunch bags. Sprinklers dry off the lawn. Math prompts go out one ear and into the other. Words disappear into the teacher's pens. Attendance sheets and chalkboards go blank. Two students stand outside their high school wearing trench coats. They both completed anger management classes. They are model employees of Blackjack Pizza. The breakfast their parents made them is still digesting in their stomach. In three months, they will graduate and never have to sit foot in the school again. Eric and Dylan click their guns on safety. They lower barrels glinting in the falling sun. Summer is still waiting for them. The student stares at the wall. He wishes he could speed up the arms of the clock. He feels like high school is going to go on forever. It's 11 a.m. So uh, if anybody can uh, tell me what poem this is, I'm, I'm going to recite somebody. I'll give him a free book, a PDF. Uh, this is called How to Meditate. Lights out. <laughs> Fall hands and claps into instantaneous ecstasy like a shot of heroin or morphine. The gland inside of my brain discharges the good, glad fluid, holy fluid, as I pat down and hold my body parts to a dead stop trance. Healing all of my sickness, erasing all, not even the shred of a I hope you or a losing balloon left in it. But the mind's blank, serene, thoughtless. When a thought comes a springing from afar with its held forth figure of image, you spoof it, out you spuff it out, you fake it and it fades. And thought never comes, and with joy you realize for the first time, thinking's just like not thinking, so I don't have to think anymore. That was Jack Kerouac. He wrote that in 1976. Yay! So this poem I, I wrote one day in uh, 1995, and I decided to uh, last year to revise it. Uh, this poem is called 1 BC, The Birth of Jesus Christ, again. Many centuries ago, let us call it 1 BC, while well, I was just, you know, sitting alone, waiting for the main event to arrive, watching some TV. The birth of Jesus Christ, <laughs> live and on via satellite. People all over the world gathered around, 
glued and waiting for it all to finally begin on TV. And Mother Mary, legs wide open for public viewing, wait for it, wait for it, and there he squeezed out. Everyone stared, some criticized the moment, some cried out with joy, some broke out in tears, and some lashed out with rage, and many did not care. And everyone, and everyone, and I do mean everyone, watched it live on VS Satellite. Some protested he be killed immediately. Others took him away into hiding. And no one heard a thing about him until around the age of 30. The media stormed to him like raging vultures would. And everyone watched on their royal drone tubes. And his ministry began while the cameras were there, 24 hours a day, healing the sick, walking on water, and never entering into the city. And the media asked, why would he never enter the city? And as the world watched and waited for his answer, he replied, I would condemn them. And the people thought, a terrorist? And the authorities arrested him. And the liberals all raged, pin him up on the cross like the scum he is. And others raged, shoot him dead, rip him apart limb from limb. And others raged, he is a savior, let him go. And he replied to everyone, let me be, for I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I am meant to die for all these sins. And the authorities nailed his hands painfully to the cross. And they lashed him to move forward up and up to the town hilltop. And all the media coverage you ever wanted was on every channel. And everyone watched. And everyone posted Twitter commentary. And everyone posted Facebook and MySpace opinions. And he, who was born, his only begotten son, forgave everyone. As he walked to the top of the mountain. And he was followed by helicopters and cameramen and reporters who loved the coverage. And bled there, slowly dying under a heated sun. With only a pair of dirty briefs and nothing else. And his body died and his soul free. And people cheered. And people partied in the streets. And people got drunk and made love. And some mourned, and some cried, and some couldn't understand why. You're God, who gave birth to a child in 1 BC. Thank you. Yeah! Yay! Michael E. Stone, everybody.
When does a car become more than a car? Introducing Burgers, the all-new Burgers Supercharged Burgers Burgers. When all you can burgers is think about Postmates. For $5 off your next five orders, use promo code BURGERS. system of errors in a desolate area of an ocean's views now. Northern winds moan, a frequent turning point. The arrows in your eyes roam freely against the fingertips of an inch of deception. My fingers trip in desolate colored tones of everyone's eyes, subtle. Caressed your lover's hair like the ocean breeze. The ancient have their own ways of teaching. A black cloud arises. This cloud is lightning golden. A treasure is on its way that flows beyond an elder river and a virgin stream. Taken from a view I have yet to consume, an enormous horror. An endless black of desolation that once was surrounded me. An unbelievable horror of civil proportions while I laid in fear and despair. The sea of black sky. A soul with talon eyes swoops down. I see an eagle close her wings. It is twilight in bloom, a star sapphire closer to me, a kunzite stone in love for me has arrived. She walks over in a pheromone, the silver will milk down, the black stars gathering, a strange darkness even I Momentarily silent, and then sing in their lullaby tune. 
In a distance, a train passes by. 377 days later, I am on that train. you guys will be saving after the VIP discount. Whoa, what a difference, right? So the full price is $172.99.
back uh after these messages check it out time was up ladies and gentlemen hope you guys enjoyed uh, dj jefferson he'll be around every monday at 9 p.m just about bedtime Ooh. over here on the west coast that is i don't know if you guys be going to bed in the morning anywhere else damn maybe in new york i don't know but you know People in New York, they stay up all night, all day, all night, like I does. But, you know, I was born and raised in Cali, so I don't know what to tell you. It must be an artist thing, perhaps. I don't know. But when I do sleep, damn, leave me the fuck alone. I'm going night-night. Night-night. Dream a little dream of Morpheus. He gonna give me some. He gonna give me some Morpheus. Give me some of my dreams. I know he will. He will. Ooh, Morpheus. You guys know Morpheus, right? The Greek god of dreams. Dang! Smacked you upside the head with some education. What the fuck? I can't say it. Fuck. Let me try. Fuck. I can't say it. That's scary, guys. Oh, man. Well, anyways, oh, I guess I don't need to. You're on brainwash. I'll say brainwash. How about that? Brainwashed. I can't say. Fuck. I can't even say it. What's going on? 
Whew, that's weird, guys. I can't say edge. What the fuck? This is for real? Ooh, I'm going to say my delivery was great. Cares for others. Deliver with care. Above and beyond. Follow instructions. Respectful on the property. On time. Sublip comment. Yeah. So I got me some, uh, I got me some, uh, Rude Boy, uh, guitar strap. I just bought a guitar. I don't know if you guys know, but I, I've always known how to play the guitar. Not like hardcore, like everybody, you know, the pros do it, but you know, I'm pretty jam on with the guitar in the sense of don't tell me to play, uh, Metallica. Don't tell me to play the, uh, Led Zeppelin song that everybody tunes the, the guitar chords to. You know what I mean, musicians, guitarists. You know, I suck, man. Don't don't hate. But, you know, I do my I do my experimental sounds, and you just can't make them. You're just not going to. You'd be staring. Damn, how'd you make that, bro? Did you use a synth? Use your computer? No, bro, I used that guitar right there. Let me grab it. I use this fucking guitar, motherfucker. Use this motherfucking guitar. Check it out. Hold on, I gotta get in the groove. Hold on, hold on. I'm almost. I, I, there we go. Once I get some pedals, like, you know, the, the pros do it. Once I get some pedals, I'll plug it in. I got to get a, um, I got to get a, uh, what do you call it? A pickup, uh, for the, uh, the acoustic too. So I'm going to put a, an acoustic on it. I've already decorated it. It's like a indigo blue. So I got like this moon thing going on. It's really sweet. Uh, there are three moons. There's two crescent moons and then one big moon. Oh, I must drop my freaking jump on dunk on. You know what I mean? So, anyways, jump on dunk on. Whatever. What are you talking about, dude? I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just doing some fucking god shit. That's what Christians do sometimes. You know what I mean? Sorry, I was trying to hold myself from hacking up a lung. That's what I was doing and talking at the same time. I, I was breathing as well, uh, being mindful as well. Um, all that jazz, jazzy jazz cakes, and the jazzy jazz cakes, jazzy jazz cakes, and the jazzy jazz cakes. I like that. Dang. Screw the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. The Jesus Jazz Cakes with Jesus. That'd be great. I like it. I, I could dig it. No, I'm kidding. Fresh Prince of Bel Air is sweet. 
and so is a, you know, you know, the Fresh Prince, you know, the Fresh Prince of the Bel Air. I met a guy from Bel Air. Uh, I met him in Malibu. He was fishing, deep sea fishing for some shark. He was trying to get some shark, bring it home. Love it. He was saying he wasn't. He's like, I catch shark. I catch shark, just bring it in, reel it in. And throw it back out. Yeah, right. You don't throw it back out, dude. You fucking cut that shit up. Eat it. Ah, good food. That's some good eating. Fucking shark all up in your, you know. One less shark in the sea is one less shark for me. (laughs) And I felt sharks. Let me tell you, it is not cute when you're out there in the freaking Pacific Ocean. And you're chilling, and the ground below is there's no ground, there's no water. I mean, it's I mean, there's water, of course, but there's no, there's no your sea level, buddy. You're not floor level, you know what I'm saying? So you're slut, you're hanging out there waiting for a wave to show up, and all of a sudden, slither, 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 all creepy, like on your leg. Rubbing up on it. Slither. That whole time I just said the slithering thing was the time that it rubbed on my fucking leg, dude. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Time to get out of the ocean. I yelled out, Shark! And this was springtime. Shit, what year was it? 93? 93, 94? Oceanside. Spring of. 93, 94, the spring. All freaking, you know, overcast. Jarheads everywhere. I called the jarhead jarhead one time and I got yelled at. Dickhead. He's all dickhead. <laughs> he called me dickhead. I'm like, damn, that's nice. Hell, you didn't come over and beat my ass. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> oh, man. Dumbass. Because, you know, we got this stupid stereotype, you know, we're kids, you know, we didn't say anything about blacks or anything, but we did have freaking black people, like, freaking, oh, man, black people and much, there, there were some cool black people I met, there was Colin, Colin was badass, he was learning Japanese, he was badass, fucking Colin, I wish I could find Colin, I know who knows where Colin is, yeah, anyways, so there's Colin, and then there's there was Tarquin. Tarquin was a pill popping musician guy. He was like, he was cool. He was into poetry, literature, pill popping. Then he got into the medical field later in life after high school, and uh, he's a doctor now. But uh, anyways, you know, I remember one time me and Tarquin were inside freaking. He gave me the harassment letter too in his own way. He was a snobby black dude though his parents were doctors and what what not what have you or lawyers or what have you wealthy wealthy family but he is a dick kind of he's he's cool he had a good vibe but he had that that vibe that was kind of dickish at the same time like if you're doing if you were creating like some sort of art of work like i did i wrote this poem of my my advanced literature teacher i won't say her name for embarrassment of her <laughs> um, she made us do a particular piece where you just 
just act like you're going crazy or, or do like a suicidal maniac. Just write something about like suicidal maniac, you know, crazy, wild, you know, just out of out of the blue, just blah. I went home. And I wrote stuff that apparently, quote, Tarquin said, quote, it sounds like ministry lyrics, unquote. Ministry, you know, the band Ministry from Chicago, Wax Tracks record. TVT Records, sorry, Wax Tracks 2, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, allegedly, I was fucking, I wasn't listening to anything like that at that time. Uh, I was listening to Skinny Puppy, but I wasn't really, I mean, uh, I was more into uh, Alien Sex Fiend, uh, Roz Williams. I wasn't. I mean, I, Ministry was badass, don't get me wrong, but I wasn't listening to them. I didn't buy their albums. I did buy a Ministry album, actually. Yeah, I did. Oh, shit. Never mind. I did buy a Ministry album. But, uh, yeah, so he thought... I don't remember even remember the the poem, but one of my poems were in the, the high school that I went to, uh, background, like... They had, like, a yearly advanced literature class where only a certain amount of people were allowed to put a poem into the into the book and I was able to put one of them it was a short but sweet one I don't remember exactly I think it might have been a Depeche Mode inspired um I was really into Martin Gore's lyrics I was just fascinated by his words I was just like damn David Gunn just you know he got to sing in love you know what I mean David Gunn rocks with that voice like he's I, from, I think 2000 or 2004 or even 2008, he was known, David Gunn, we're talking about David Gunn, the lead singer of Depeche Mode. He's not even the lead, the vocalist. I mean, not the vocalist. Uh, he's not even the, the lyric writer of Depeche Mode. Uh, he did a little bit, but I don't think he did any really. I think he did maybe one or two for the band, but uh, Martin, you know, he wrote all the lyrics pretty much. 99%. Of the band's lyrics. I don't know about the nowadays stuff. I don't know how they're working on it now since David Gunn's doing like solo projects of his own, but he's not doing cover tune solo projects. So I think he still has that fair game where, hey, I didn't sign up on contract to write lyrics for the band, so I could write lyrics for my own band, aside from this band. So he does. So it's kind of cool. But uh, yeah. Meanwhile, I, th I think we're supposed to be playing music, right? Instead of me lapping for 12 minutes and 50 seconds. Jeez, I was lapping. Lapping you. You're sitting on my lap and I was just holding you, sucking your titties, telling you a story. Fuck. That's kind of cool. All right. So, um. Ding, 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 ding. We're gonna listen to something really wild, man. Real wild. Uh, oh my god, let's go way back. Just do it. Boom. First, we're gonna play the title. Uh. 
Ricochet in reverse. And then we're going to go right to In the Cannabis Club. No, we're not going to hit the In the Cannabis Club. We're going to hit... Uh, we're going to go from the Ricochet... Since it's like 10 o'clock right now, a little after 10. Uh, we're going to go ahead and hit it spanky-like. So we're going to hit Spank Bank. We're going to hit Ricochet in reverse. We're going to hit spat, Spank Bank. And then we're going to go to Worst Fuck Ever. No, 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 no. Ricochet... We're going to hit ricochet in reverse, and then we're going to go to worst fuck ever, and then we're going to go straight down to spank bank. Because, you know, if you got the worst fuck ever, you might as well go home and spank it, right? You're on the brain, bitches. Love it. swallows up the hole, his eyes unclench, buckshot sucks back into the barrels, his finger peels off the trigger, he centers a sawed off between his knees, debates whether to use his SWAT team for target practice, or cheat the city out of revenge, Eric counts his classmates lying in shattered heaps, his only regret is the explosives that sit mute under a cafeteria table, sirens ring from the outside, fading into the distance. Dylan rises from the dead as his jaw reattaches to his head. Eric's 9mm inhales a blast of smoke. Dylan fixes his stare on a girl who used to sit behind an algebra class. Her bloodshot eyes reflect back without blinking. Eric uncocks the pistol and his words flip back to say, Helen, you see. Eric hands Dylan a pistol with two bullets left in the clip. He slides the gun into the holster. They stand in the wreckage and took two years to plan and 41 minutes to execute. It's 11.34 a.m. A 9mm slug rips out of the wall and flies into the heart of the last student, inflating his lungs as it passes. Eric and Dylan's cackling laughter rushes down their throats as students rise up, hands covering their faces. 911 calls a bird to dial Shattered glass reforms, fire alarms silence themselves. Smoke clears the air as crippled cheerleaders stand up and return to walking to their next class. The religious become atheists as prayers to God fall back to earth. It's 11.18 a.m. and no one is dead yet. Fast forward to April 20th, 1999, I was just another waiter hiding scars under his sleeves. I was holding a tray, watching the freeze frame of somebody else's school in a SWAT team sniper's sights. The battered boy in me, now past every beating, was pumping his fist. 
I was a temp job nobody, taking orders from the grown-up versions of the guys who used to slam my head into lockers. When I heard the storm of shell casings raining on a Formica desk, I thought somebody stole a script of my fantasy life and made a movie without me on the set. That night I bought a bottle and made a game out of taking a shot every time they said gothic or clad all in black. I imagined every one of my bullies staring down the business end of a rifle. I staggered drunk through my apartment, slurred over my daughter's crib. They did it. Somebody finally did it. As if their victory made up for my years of defeat. Until her mother hissed at me through the dark. How would you have felt if your daughter was at school that day? All I could say is I wish the killers would save one bullet for me. If someone in my high school would have died every time I had a homicidal impulse, the graduating class would have been me and the kids in ESL. Back in the day, I carried a box cutter under my belt like a security blanket. Back in the day of razor blades and meat cleavers, when my teachers ignored every SOS I carved on my chest. I wasn't old enough to understand that your agony doesn't make you original, and that living is the best form of revenge. But in the end, that's what it all comes down to, using homemade napalm to blow your own life out of proportion. I know what it's like to want to die so bad your hands shake. To go to high school rallies and imagine whole rows of faces blown away like one big red wave. I know what it's like to want your cafeteria to be held in a cloud of gunpowder. To be a 12-gauge David spitting buckshot at Goliath. You can only be fed gasoline for so long before you decide to burn your name in their heads. But what these child killers who kill children fail to realize is that the world is so much bigger than your little hellhole of a suburb. A week before Dylan Klebold's massacre, his father drove him to Arizona State University, where he was scheduled to begin in the fall pursuing a degree in computer science. The Thursday before, a shotgun cleaved his skull in two. Eric Harris was refused by a Marine recruiter because he was taking psychiatric medication for obsessive compulsive disorder. Five days later, they were both dead. I imagine Eric and Dylan as 20-somethings, meeting for drinks in a small-town bar. Eric all puffed up from boot camp, Dylan showing off his new website, weddings and children on the way. I imagine him lifting up a pint and laughing at their hit list in high school and how close they came. And here I am, on a frozen spring day, watching two teenagers burn their names in a newsprint. They'll, They'll never, never be, be anything, anything else. else. It's 11.15 a.m. Two 20-pound propane bombs sit silent under a cafeteria table as students put their sandwiches back in lunch bags. Sprinklers dry off the lawn. Math props go out one ear and into the other. Words disappear into the teacher's pens. Attendance sheets and chalkboards go blank. Two students stand outside their high school wearing trench coats. They both completed anger management class. They are model employees of Blackjack Pizza. The breakfast their parents made them is still digesting in their stomachs. In three months, they will graduate and never have to set foot in the school again. Eric and Dylan click their guns on safety. They lower barrels glinting in the falling sun. Summer is still waiting for them. The student stares at the wall, wishes he could speed up the arms of the clock. It feels like high school is going to go on forever. It's 11 a.m. Feel free to come. It's free south of the Venice Pier. And yeah, that's basically... Me what what times what times and what days are you usually out there doing that? Usually we start around three o'clock. Okay, like we cool, start early. Cool, cool, cool. I was just we making really- sure. Uh, you know, you you said you do it, so I didn't want people like waiting around. You know, 
SmackDown. What's going on, guys? Hope you guys are doing good. Loving it. Picking your buttholes. All that good stuff. Picking your butthole. Yeah. Loving it. Loving it. Yeah. What kind of loving it? I don't know what kind of loving it you do. But I'll be loving it. You know what I'm talking about? Loving it. Loving it. Hey, we got a segment. Uh, oh, Rocky Horror Picture Show segment. Let's do that right now. Let's do Rocky Horror Picture Show. Hold on. What's up, guys? You guys do know that Brainwash Radio is only for broad-minded adults only and should not be sold to or even distributed to so never send links to them little guys the miners under any circumstances what so ever <laughs> Tippy toe on my finger as I drink my tea. Slap you upside. Nobody's head except my own. Meanwhile, we're gonna get it on. What kind of? Oh, we're gonna go all restless on your ass by quiet houses. Check it out. Oh, dang, they're an awesome couple. Do you ever think about other girls with flared jeans and ponytails? I promise I won't blame you if you do. You turn around and look at me. Your left hand turns off the TV and your face starts to sink like an old balloon. Do you ever get restless? Want something new? I know I do. Cause maybe I do.
you're gonna accept it Cause it's in the States You'd have to move away I say it sounds like you're breaking up with me Before now You weren't so sure But in these past few minutes I've made it
about that track right there and we're going to continue on playing it but the fun fact of the matter is Thank you. 
For some people, for real, I ain't gonna lie. My music, this is my this is my personal fantasy of a show. I haven't done a show like this yet. However, I really want to do this. I want to pay like two hundred dollars per person to come to a venue of my choice in California. So if you were like, say, around the world or outside of the solar system, you would have to get here on your own. I wouldn't be paying for your airfare or whatnot, you know, what have you. Uh, you know, you'd be paying $200. And this is going to be better than fucking, this is going to make fucking, what do you call it? Uh, Oh, damn, I haven't heard this song in a long time, but we'll get back to that in a sec. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Oh, wow. I'm going to turn it up a little bit. There you go. Okay. When the wind... I wrote these lyrics. When the wind blows, when the wind blows, motherfucker, motherfucker, yeah. It's called nuclear radiation. When the wind blows, there goes all the nuclear radiation. For real, it was a track I created. So I had this one um, person in Europe. I won't, I won't say her name. She's embarrassed but about the track and, as, as the final. But uh, I asked her if she could do the lyrics. She said, yeah, sure. This is it right here. But anyways, we're going to get back to what I was talking about. What was I talking about, people? You can call me up anytime at my phone. I'm on the Facebook page. You can call me on my phone. Hey, Mikey G, what are you doing? Or just leave a message if if I'm not around. I could be at a meeting. I could be fucking sleeping. I could be fucking. I could be drinking. I don't know what I'm doing. Just because you hear me on the air and it just got released doesn't mean I programmed it like two weeks ago or three weeks ago or five weeks ago or ten years ago. Seriously. Watch. Ten years after my death, you're still going to be hearing my voice. All these brand new shit are going to be appearing every single day. 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 You want to know why? Because I programmed all this stuff 10 years in advance, but I kept the first month 
in front of me, like right now, available for what I'm doing now, which is live. Right when freaking I'm done with this shit, I, I, I'm, it's on air live all the time. But some of it's pre-programmed and then saved and da la 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 la. You know what I mean? La 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 la. But now it's a 24-hour station. So I gotta bust my ball sack all by myself. All by myself. Jerking my ding-a-ling all by myself. But we're gonna get back to this track. And then it's gonna refresh my memory to what I was just discussing. So you guys are probably laughing. You're like, oh shit, he got the short-term memory loss kicking in. I remember Art Bell said that to me at one of his shows. I called him up. And I had this one thing going on. This was like 2000, no, 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 1997, 1998. So I'm in Oregon, living in Oregon, working there, you know, living the chill life and making music and playing 